people are mad. I mean, they're really livid. You listen to the talk shows today. You'll see, they're really upset. They want blood. Jim Joyce's blood. They'd really like to see him suffer. As if he doesn't already feel bad enough. Or as as if there's any way to fix his mistake. It's not going to get fixed, people. It's done. Forget about it. I'm Alex Reisner, and you're listening to Game of Chance, a show about baseball, baseball statistics, and the role of luck in baseball. If you've never heard of Jim Joyce, then you haven't read any baseball news yet today because the story is unavoidable. Let me uh, set the scene for you. Armando Galarraga on the mound last night, pitching for Detroit, retires the first 26 Cleveland Indian batters faced. That's right, he's one out away from a perfect game. The batter... Jason Donald hits a routine ground ball to the first baseman. Galarraga runs to cover, catches the throw, steps on the bag, and beats Donald, completing his perfect game. It was the third perfect game in the past 30 days, and the second in the past week. I mean, it's incredible. There's only been 20 perfect games pitched in Major League Baseball history. It's a great story. Oh, yeah. The problem is that on that last play, first base umpire Jim Joyce actually called Donald safe, so Galarraga lost the perfect game he had apparently earned. Now Joyce, Jim Joyce is a veteran umpire, really well respected, and he watched a replay after the game and immediately apologized for his fairly obvious mistake. I mean, the play wasn't even that close, and Joyce feels terrible about it. He even said, I just cost that kid a perfect game. So, you can imagine Joyce understands as well as anyone the historic gravity of a perfect game and that he feels appropriately awful. You know, this is not a good day for Jim Joyce. People want blood. They want Joyce suspended or fired. And they also, a lot of people want to broaden the use of instant replay. Well, calm down, people. Seriously. If you want to be upset for Armando Galarraga, that's great. You know, I feel for him. But this situation does not undermine the sanctity of the game, as people are suggesting. What about Harvey Haddix? Harvey Haddix, people. Remember, 1959, he pitched a perfect game for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not only did he pitch a perfect game, he didn't allow a base runner for 12 innings. 12 full innings. Let me just say that again. Harvey Haddix pitched a perfect game for 12 innings and is not included on the list of baseball's 20 perfect games. He didn't even get credit for a no-hitter. I forget about a no-hitter. He didn't even get a win. He lost the game. In the bottom of the 13th, the Pirates' third baseman made an error. And they ended up losing on a home run. So Haddix pitched 12 perfect innings and got nothing. His name is not on the list. He pitched an even better game than Galarraga's, and he lost. This is what baseball is. Or maybe this is what baseball records are. I mean, if you think about it, we all know there's nothing magical that happens when a batter hits his 500th home run. 500 isn't that much better than 499 or 498. We like 500 because we like multiples of 10. It's because we use a base 10 number system. 
you know, hitting 299 isn't that much worse than hitting 300. Winning 19 games isn't that different from winning 20. And retiring 27 out of 28 batters isn't that different from retiring 27 out of 27. You know, maybe we need to keep different lists. I don't know without looking it up, but I'm sure there's dozens of pitchers who have missed a perfect game or a no-hitter by one batter. Now, you might say they didn't have the psychological toughness uh, to finish the game, but I don't think you can prove that. And what a great feat to throw a one-hitter. A one-hitter is a fantastic pitching performance. It doesn't have the mystique of a no-hitter or a perfect game, but it's only slightly worse. It seems like a totally different thing because of how we think about numbers and records, not because it's actually all that different. Also, how many no-hitters were lost because of blown calls before there were replays? So we didn't even know that they should have been no-hitters in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, you know, going back into the 1800s. Conversely, how many no-hitters were manufactured by blown calls? You know, bad calls in favor of the pitcher. Umpires miss calls. Umpires miss calls. It's part of the game. Baseball is not a video game. It's not a machine. You know, and even forget about calls on the base pass. What about balls and strikes? It's pretty easy to imagine that every game is heavily influenced by the home plate umpire's strike zone. And, you know, while each pitch seems kind of insignificant, who's to say how a missed ball or strike call here and there affects the game? The way baseball is today with a batter-pitcher duel, you know, being a core part of the game... It's incredible that that the strike zone is just as inconsistent as it is. You know, as fans, we just accept this as a fundamental premise of modern baseball. Every umpire has his own strike zone. Umpires try to stay consistent throughout the game. You know, pitchers have to learn how the the ump is going to call a ball and a strike. But umpires are not consistent over the course of the game. It's just impossible. Calling balls and strikes is too hard. You can't, you can't get every call right. You can't be 100% consistent over the course of the game. Strike zone changes as the batter moves. As the batter swings at a pitch, the strike zone changes. It's too hard to see. Pitches curve. They break at the last minute. They're going 100 miles an hour. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this inaccuracy. I'm saying that if you're a baseball fan, you implicitly accept all these imperfections in the game. You accept that umpires miss calls all the time. And that most of them don't matter. Some of them do, and that's how it goes. In the end, it all evens out. Or, you know, at least you hope it does. Uh, Last night, Joe Girardi, Yankees manager, said, quote, I think it's something that baseball should look at, possibly, because if they do change it, it doesn't affect the game. It doesn't affect the outcome. This is uh, Joe Girardi speaking. So, Joe, that's a bunch of crap. Look, first of all, it affects Jason Donald's batting average. And, you know, Jason Donald, if you saw the play after he uh, was called safe, he he almost seemed upset about it. So I don't think Jason Donald would object, you know, if you asked him about changing it to an out officially. But that's not really the point. The point is that baseball is ruled by decisions made by umpires on the field at the time the play occurs umpires make the call a split second afterwards if the league decides to rewrite history today if they decide to change the call on a play that happened yesterday that's going to set a dangerous precedent 
you know, imagine a World Series game decided by a controversial call. Last play of the game, controversial. League reviews it. The next day, it's reversed. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm not saying this particular game has the significance of a World Series game, but the idea goes against the fundamental part of baseball. If you think we should switch from human umpires to some kind of machines, robots, cameras, whatever, that's fine, but that's another conversation. My point is that baseball is weird. Baseball records are weird. Baseball is played on fields that are different shapes and sizes. The rules change every few years. The rules are enforced differently by different umpires. Bad calls are made on important plays. All these imperfect, imprecise factors are part of the game in a very deep way. Now, at the same time, we distinguish between 499 and 500 home runs, or 60 and 61 home runs, or a 299 versus a 300 batting average, or in this case, 27 versus 28 batters faced. And if you really think about it, the precision with which we regard these numbers is kind of absurd. I mean, Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs in his career. And most of them, you have to assume, he hit at Yankee Stadium with the short right field porch. And he hit some of them on the road in parks with enormous outfields. Uh, Willie Mays hit 660 home runs. He played at the Polo Grounds. The center field fence at the Polo Grounds in the 50s was almost 500 feet from home plate. So Willie Mays is hitting 660 home runs. Most of them are coming in this enormous ballpark. So we still we look at the all-time home run list and we see, all right, Mays hit 660 home runs. Ruth hit 714, so Ruth was a greater home run hitter. But given perfectly equal opportunities, we really don't know who would have hit more. You know, given a perfectly called game last night, maybe Galarraga would have been perfect. Or maybe he would have walked better. Maybe there was a ball that was called a strike. If Harvey Haddix's team had scored just one freaking run in 12 innings, he would have had a perfect game. There's nothing else he could have done. There's nothing else we can do. Baseball is not a video game. If this Galarraga situation makes you mad, start a new list. Go back and find all the one-hitters, the near-perfect games, all the great performances. Make a list. Galarraga deserves credit for this feat, even though it wasn't a perfect game. And it wasn't a perfect game. But let's give him credit. And let's also give credit to the 299 hitters. But come on, you don't need to change the rules of the game or a call that was made yesterday to recognize the great performances. I'm Alex Reisner, and you've been listening to Game of Chance. For comments, discussion, and more information, check out the website at gameofchance.alexreisner.com.